Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we are all about helping you find and follow Jesus in your everyday life. We are back again on a regular rhythm. It's nice to like have a routine as we're jumping back into the podcast and talking about, like, I think a really, really helpful and relevant topic about judging people and Jesus as judge is our sermon series that we're talking on Sundays. But like, how do we help one another? How do we interact with each other in an appropriate, healthy Jesus way? Um, but also, how do we not like get critical and mean? And But how do we not be disengaged? Um, but we're also trying to help all of us understand like judging as a as a good term. Like it's a positive thing. You guys, did you guys watch much of the Olympics this year? We had the Olympics, the 2020 Olympics in 2021. Yeah, I, I watched a lot, and I I thought that was hilarious the whole time. The 2020 Olympics. Why are we? Why? Why can't we just say 2021? Uh, because I think they spent billions. Uh, yeah, that's true. On branding, signs, yeah, branding, and advertising. Point. So they didn't want to change. Tokyo's all that like, out. yeah, we're not taking any of that down. It's Tokyo 2020. Yeah. We built all this over the last four years. That's a good point. Yeah, you know you're committed. You're like, that's an error, but we're yeah. we're still giving the t-shirts yeah. away because we're not reprinting them because they had everything like ready to go by March. I mean, you're yeah, you're ready well, to go for, sure. for the summer on when yeah. it's Olympics. Well, and the other thing is, there's a long history of every four years. Speaking of rhythms, and so if you make it 2021, throws the four-year rhythm off. Yeah. So is it always going to be? You remember at the 2020 Olympics when they, but it was in 20. Like, are so we always going to have the 2024 Olympics, not the 2025 Olympics? Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah but, but you got a gold medal. They gave it to you in 2021. Do you say, hey, I got a gold medal in 2020? Yes, yes. At, the, at the 2020 Olympics in yeah, 2021. The 2020 Olympics in which 2021. In 2021. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I, I mean, a lot of that. There's judges. There's a lot of things that are just by the clock and time and that kind of stuff. But gymnastics obviously is one of the big ones there there's a panel of people mm -hmm. critiquing you going diving did you diving mm -hmm. and and when you know what did we do before high definition 70 inch tvs that can do super slow-mo like in the 80s you had a grainy tv and a guy did a dive and you're like i don't know looked pretty good he made the water well, and, and think about the judges back in the 80s there's no replay you don't go to the monitor and rewind and look at it right? again and freeze frame it and yeah to that point, how much have we become the judges of the judges, right? Like, that was a perfect oh. score, and they took two points. Of, oh. Come on. We do it all the time with football. That's right? a bad call. Yeah, there's controversy. Olympics specifically, there's controversy over, well, the judges really just got that wrong. Because so we're then, perfect. Yeah, then we sit in the seat going, hey, I'm going to judge how well the judges did at their job of judging. I'm judging the judges. Yeah. Well, you the told a story Sunday. Weren't you in that story judging the judge? Uh, yeah. You went before the judge? Yeah. And you wanted he, one outcome? Uh. He needed to just ease up a bit. Maybe he was having a bad day. Exactly. You were Come judging on. the judge. Or I like was <laughs> upholding the law. I don't know. I already felt felt penalized for all of my stupidity. <laughs> and I was in the wrong 100%. I deserved, I was going too fast for the conditions. <laughs> but the conditions were my own stupidity. And I was like, I'm paying for this. I got thousands of dollars of damage. But I was thinking um, with the Olympics, have, did you guys see the trampoline gymnastics no nope. trampoline uh-uh oh my goodness oh where they flip and they stuff? flip yeah, 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 they yeah. go up like three or four stories high yeah yeah and they do a routine and it's a lot of gymnastics moves but they're doing like triple and quadruple flips with multiple twists and and there's the technical side is you have to re-land in the same center part of the square but they're literally going like 30 feet to 40 feet high and um, 
insane. And but there's an artistic value to it of sure. form and function and all the same sort of gymnastics. But I'm just like that. If you have not seen that, you need to pause this. Like YouTube a clip, you, clip. you'll go down a rabbit hole. Can I do that right now and just I'll come sure, back? Sure, you here in a few you minutes. check back in. It <laughs> is dead. You would love it. It is unreal. Yeah, uh, that's, I one, didn't know it was an Olympic sport. It's not your backyard right. trampoline system. Right, it's right. a trampoline. System. It's a massive. <laughs> they got a high tech trampoline, but it's it is so dangerous. They do have spotters on the side with mats. I did see a guy who missed, and his leg like went through the edge. I'm like, this is literally yeah, like. A, yeah, you that's could a die. Major injury, Those are like break. that's what your parents saw when they didn't want you to get a trampoline back in the day. Right. My mom, like I legit think she thought that if you had a trampoline, you were gonna break a leg. She wouldn't let us get one. And then they came out with the ones that didn't have springs, but they had the elastic. Oh, I didn't see those. And uh, they were way worse. But we, she get, let us get one of those. And granted, I almost did break my leg ninety times on the trampoline. Yeah. But I love when people put it in ground yeah. level with the ground, uh-huh. which gets you from like the fall off and that kind of thing. But still, if you bounce up. 10, 12 feet, and you land on the ground. Eh, it's not really going well for anybody. Yeah, but wait, we took it, we got the three feet that it was, and you took away that. So yes. now it's not, it's only a 12 foot fall, not a 15 foot fall. But you go netting, you're like, oh, we'll stay in there. Yeah. Your head gets in the net, and then your head falls off. But other than that, you're safe. But, anyways, you, when we're done, when you get some time today, oh, I will. Olympic trampoline, you, you'll go down a rabbit hole. It's, it's fun. But right before we started the series, uh, I got judged by a stranger, and it really ticked me off. Uh, on Labor Day, we went, uh, you and Mom and Amy and I, we went bike riding together, right? Yep. And it was fun. I love riding my bike. I ride my bike. Th- I've rode thousands. I should probably figure it out one day. I've rode probably like fifteen to 20,000 miles That's in the last... That's tens of thousands, then. So. Yeah, thousands and thousands. It's definitely... Tens of thousands sounds more impressive. Just. Yeah, I don't know if it's tens. It might be 10,000. Plus. You said 15 to 20. If you go yeah. close to 20 is probably stretching it. 20 is probably good preacher talk. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, thousands of miles on the road. And we were just doing a fun, casual ride. We were out Lake Coeur d'Alene, and we went out past, like, the golf course and along Lake Coeur d'Alene Drive there and then to Higgins Point and back. And there's the trail, and you ride the trail. Mm-hmm. Well, if you aren't aware, the trail actually has a speed limit, which I break all the time. So you can judge me for that. But it's 15 miles an hour. I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were consistently going faster than that. Yeah. And then when, when I'm riding and training and pushing, like a, you do short, hard uh, sections, which are called intervals. And so you're doing like intervals. Sometimes, you know, on a flat or a little downslope, like consistently, it's 25 to 40 miles an hour. It's, I ride my bike 25 to 40 miles an hour on every ride. Are you slightly trying to brag right now a little bit as nope. you tell the story? Like, I'm real fast, guys. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, just, just no. telling. I was just checking. You're the brag, just the brag is this. I've hit 50 a couple times. Okay. There we go. Is that enough? That feels no, ridiculous I gotta set the stage on because I know, I'm just the context of where this is going. So anyways, we're riding up. We ride up this little Bennett Bay Hill. We ride up a hill. And then on the downside, there's the trail. Then there's the trail and like a gravel section and then the road. It's a two-lane road. Well, the trail is downhill. And it is steep, and I've rode it hundreds of times. And it's 15 miles an hour. And then regardless of And the, I was on the trail, by the way. Just so people know, I was probably doing at least 30 or 35. Yes. Because I just let the horses run. Uh-huh. Know? Right? And so I've, I know this. And, and there's tons of people on the trail. It's a nice day. It's Labor Day. There's, there's bikers. There's yep. walkers. You can run into somebody walking with their dog, and they're not paying attention with their dog, who's on like a six mm-hmm. or a, one of those leashes that extends, and it goes like 30 feet. And people don't pay attention. They just let their 
and you come by with your bike and they're not paying attention to their dog, if you have a retractable leash thingy, you need to lock that in at about six foot because you're not paying attention, and I'm going to die one of these days tripping over your dog leash or your little yappy dog. Okay, but back to the point of yeah, the story. Yeah, I was going to say, Anyways. whoa, Tandy, are you judging the people with dogs now? No, that, these oh, are okay. all the things that you've run into as a biker. So I know all that's true. So I get on the road, and I'm just at the top of the hill getting on the road, and so I'm getting up to speed here. You know, it's 15 and 20 miles an hour. There's, I see a truck behind me. He's got a pontoon boat, and so I know he's there, and I know I'm holding him up. There's traffic coming against us, so he can't go around me. And there's four or five or six cars coming up the hill. And this guy in a Jeep leans out his window from across the road and he yells, Get on the trail, buddy. And he and he was like very like aggressive and kind of violent and you know, just it just ticked me off. Like he judged me for being on the road and he saw I was holding up traffic. And just like you, I got up to speed, like I'm doing I'm doing more than the speed limit. You were pulling away from me. Oh yeah. So I, I get oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you slow poke <laughs> back there. Oh. No, one, you're on an e-bike, so it's governed, and then you're just coasting. When, not, when I'm coasting, it's not governed. Yes. When I'm pedaling, it is. Gravity is gotcha. Yeah, you, it's governed at 20 miles an hour, but you can coast up to 30, 40, whatever. But the Craig, downhill Craig had it governed. Like, I was pedaling hard down the hill because it's fun. Yeah, I was just coasting. So I got, po- I got above speed limit fairly fast, but I knew I was holding it up. But I'm like, hey, you're an idiot. This is my first thought. Yeah. Because you don't know the rules of the the road. Like, I have just as much right to be on the road as the car does. Same right, same rules. And it's unsafe and illegal for me to ride on the trail. I mean, I guess I could break the whole way down. You literally would have to break both brakes it, hard. It's a steep yeah. hill. Yeah, to go down the hill at under 15 miles an hour. Just coasting, you would be, you know, be going 30 miles an hour. Yep. And I was like, it's just not safe. So I get in the road and ride like I should. And this guy's yelling at me. And so I'm like, you're an idiot. You're a moron. Why do you got to come over here and yell at me? And, and he's thinking, you're an idiot. You're yeah. a moron. So get you're off the thin. road. Get on the trail. <laughs> and the thing with that is it pushes some buttons. Um, riding on the road so much, people will intentionally swerve towards us as cyclists and honk or swerve towards us, get as close as they think they can and be funny about it and not hit us, and then yell at you. And when you're cruising like that, sometimes you don't, you don't hear the car right until it's right on you. And then they'll come over and be like, hey, and try to scare you. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And it you, makes you swerve. Like, it's very unsafe. And so it pushes all of that. Don't be a jerk out there with cyclists. So Scott's public service announcement. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I people wanna, don't realize. I, I haven't been biking for very long. I but might you're a cyclist now. I might have hundreds of miles on my bike. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna you give. Did, I'm gonna give myself hundreds. Well, you did. So you did Quinamos. Tens of hundreds. Quinamos or twenty, twenties of. No, hundreds? it's like probably just maybe barely over a hundred. So I'm gonna give myself hundreds. There Except you go. That's, so not quite two hundred. It's in the hundreds, though. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. But yeah, it's and it's, so you start this. And it's a whole new world. So people who don't understand cycling think like, oh, they're just in the way. Like, no, that's that's the legal way to ride a bike. It's on the road, mm-hmm. and people are really disrespectful about it. So right. I get it. Once yeah. you've put tens of thousands, it's a thorn in your side a little bit. There yeah, for... and it's like a safety thing. You don't. Be, I'm trying to focus and stay as close as I can to the edge. I know there's a guy with a boat, but he's yelling at me. So I'm the like, point of all this is that I you got, felt judged. I, no, I I was judged. You were judged. He and he judged my outward action. And, and you're judging his judging. Yeah, and he, whatever had his thoughts. I don't know his thoughts, but my internal thoughts were this: like, you're a moron. You're a jerk. You don't care. Like, you don't, A, you don't get laws and the practical part of life, but like, 
I was judging him hard on the inside because it just is ridiculous. So, so back no to fun. Jesus it, as judge. So I'm trying to bring that around. Well, let's talk about Jesus as judge, but then judging ourselves and being judged. And I, I didn't like it. And you so know, neither you like, of you are probably uh, the right fit for the judgment seat. Still not. Still okay. not there. So let's and, leave and that. Here's to something Jesus. else I I notice in your story, which is really important to this topic, is it's one thing to judge the person's actions. Hey, you shouldn't be on the road or hey, you shouldn't roll your window down and yell at me or whatever. But when it goes beyond that, well, you're a moron, you're an idiot. Now you, you've gone from their actions to their character and their yep. motivations and, and you're not qualified at that point because you really no. don't know what's going on in your thought process. No. And he didn't know what was going on in your thought process. Yeah, and who they are as a person. And yeah, we again begin to sign, assign those judgments that we've made about their actions to their character, and we right. link those two. Yep, very quickly we do. And the only one who's capable of doing that is Jesus. And, and I, I think it's important that we understand, I mean, Scott, you say that this has been helpful. Man, this is, when, when we do something like this and have a series like this, it, we all talk about it a lot, and it just... We think about it a lot, and we research it a lot, and I mean, the truth is, I, I think if you look throughout the biblical narrative, from the Old Testament that speaks quite a bit about judgment, um, prophecies, the prophets, and then the New Testament, what Jesus said, and then the, the New Testament authors, um, again, judgment is a very clear thing, and there is clear that there will be a, a judgment of the way that you lived your life, your actions. Your motives, or your actions, the things that you did, and the way that you lived your life, the trajectory of your life. Very clear that there will be that. But then the judgment of your character and who you are through Jesus and through his grace. And that's where we understand this new idea that we get to be judged based on how we receive and understand Jesus and his grace. Um, but the thing that's very clear is that the only one who can make the judgment about your character, about your heart, about your motives is Jesus. And that will come. And we talked about that last week, that that's the good part. That's the actually the good news. And again, throughout the biblical narrative, even though it's it's painted in a kind of scary way, we look at it and some of like the Old Testament judgment talk is like doom and gloom and scary looking. It's always portrayed as good news. Always. Even when it's talking about fire and brimstone and and you know, heaven and hell or eternal damnation or punishment, the in the context of who God is and what God's doing throughout the human history and his story, judgment is always portrayed by the biblical authors as good news. Elaborate on that a little bit, because it's not good news, like let's take Sodom and Gomorrah, for example. It's not good news for the people that are being judged, but it's good news from the standpoint of God's justice. And, you know, we can look at it yep. and say, oh, that's, that's a good thing. That's a, that was a necessary thing. Yep. Cause, so I was listening to a podcast this week, and... Uh, like, we live, you know, 2021, if you just take the last 100 years in our culture, it's the most bloody, gory century in history. I mean, we live in a, in a world today where you think of, like, history and you think of mass genocides and you think of world wars and you think of all this death and destruction. We live in the most murderous time ever, right? We live in a, in a time of just watch the news, the things going on. And as people, we have this thing built into us that we go, there has to be some sort of justice, and so the way that the biblical authors portray these ideas of judgment and justice from a good and loving God is always in the good context. that Because we, we go and we look at these things, like we look at over the last hundred years or thousand years, and we go, that's bad. It shouldn't be that way. Everybody, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're following Jesus or if you're 
even messed up. You look at that and you go, that should not be the way the world works. There should be justice. There should be some sort of overarching good and evil And I think that's hardwired into us. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And we want justice, and we, we think that there should be judgment. Um, and so the way that God is spoke about as a God of justice, that this this specifically end ju- judgment, the very final judgment, um, is something that God will take care of all of that, and God is taking care of all that, and God did take care of that on the cross with Jesus in working through that, but judgment is a good thing because it makes it points us to a good and just God. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if our listeners didn't catch the first podcast or weren't here um, to hear what you said on Sunday, Scott, I think it's important for us to put context to what, what we're talking about, and that is that in... Um, most contexts in our society right now, judgment's always viewed as a negative thing. And that's the point you're making is that we need to really flip that script. We really need to understand that we've been unnecessarily tainted in our thinking to view judgment as a bad thing. You shouldn't judge, you know, judgment's bad. Judgment's always wrong. No, as a matter of fact, what we've established is that there's a place in society for judgment. And and it's necessary for a civilized society. And, And more than that, one of the things we didn't point out last week was there's a book in the Bible called Judges, for heaven's sake, right? I mean, and, it, and in that uh, book, you read where God raised up judges for the sake of Israel, to your point, Kyle, to, to help them get back on track because they had, they had wandered way away from God. So God would raise up a judge, say, hey, guys, we're off track here. Let's get back. Things would be good for a while. Then they'd stray again, and then God raised up. And that's the kind of the summary of that whole book of Judges, one judge after the other, trying to help the people. And so that, that's, a, that's a healthy thing. That's a good thing. That's a loving and caring God trying to get people that are way off track back on track. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we got to make sure we're always, and it's helpful for me to say it out loud, always in the context of the character of God. So if you, if you just start in with like fire, brimstone, yep. judgment, like what about those people? What about this situation? And you're not foundationally laid on God is a loving God who is rich in mercy and then delights in giving that mercy to others, to us, and created the earth so that we would inhabit it. Um, if we just talk about like a contextual instance of judgment and didn't seem right or fair and we don't have the context of like the character of God, then we're, we could get off, off track on our thinking and our understanding of who God is. Scott, let me jump right in there. I think this is a really important point. And as you were talking, it occurred to me that what we tend to do with God is the same thing we tend to do with people. When we look at actions, we draw conclusions about character. And, and we do that with people, but we do that with God. We see actions or lack of action in the world, and therefore we connect the dots however we're inclined to and draw conclusions about God. And we often get a wrong picture of who he is. Very, very true. And we have the next, the added layer of an infinite all-knowing being that we're trying to understand his character, right? We do it with each other. We're trying to judge his actions. Right? So doing it with each other is one thing. It's like, I understand you. I understand what it's like to to be a human being in, you know, today's. So when you make a choice, I'm like, well, I wouldn't have made that choice so I can judge you. So then we do that with God. We go, God, why did you do that? I wouldn't do that. And then we're like, yeah, but he's God. Or you didn't do what I wanted you to do or you should have done because obviously it needed to be done, but you didn't do it, so you're bad. Yeah, and having this perspective of trying to judge or, or, you know, characterize or 
again, Scott, understand the character of God in a box that we will never fully understand because we're finite and he's infinite. Yep. Um, and who can give God advice? Yeah. Well, lots of people try. Well, we can. I try all the right? time. I, yeah. <laughs> all three of us on the couch yeah. can. Uh, often my prayers are me giving him advice. Yeah. But who's wise <laughs> enough to counsel God? Yeah. Right. No, and then no to the point obviously. of, in this context, really of what's good and evil and what's just and unjust and what should or shouldn't happen to others, particularly. Like, we don't really, tr- most of the time, we don't really give God, like, really great advice about how he should judge us. That's usually not my thoughts or my heart or the no, conversation. advice how he should judge how others. He should ju- okay. How justice should reign for other people. Yes. Yeah. When no. it comes to us, it's like more of, God, Thank grace you for and grace mercy, and, and thanks for, like, letting me off the hook on this one. But for them, there's justice. They need there's what's justice. coming to them. Yeah, because, like, Craig, you made that comment that I think when we talk about judgment, a lot of times we talk about it in the negative, like, we don't want to be judged. And I think it depends on what side of the coin you're on. Because we want, again, that's why I think, as I've been looking back through the whole biblical narrative, the reason a lot of God's people saw judgment as a good thing, and it was good news, was because, yeah, God, you need to deal with this evil. Like, I I look around and I see evil, and it's good news to me that my God's going to take care of it. Like, that's why it was portrayed. But then we go, oh, but my evil? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, not I, mine. I like, want mercy. Yeah, them. And so, like, again, I'm super into the the, tr- the true crime podcasts and the documentaries and stuff like that. And it amazes me how often people who are victims of crimes or, or related to victims of crimes want this justice and how they think if they just catch the killer, catch the person, uh, it'll bring me closure and make me feel better if they get judgment, Right. Or they, they know who did it, and I want him to burn. I want him to give him the death penalty and all this kind of stuff because somehow your the judgment on this person makes me feel better that they got what they deserved. That's a good point. And, and the irony is we have no position to give eternal judgment to anybody. Yeah. Even if we say we do, if you ever have been told or someone, you, maybe you told them, like, hey, you're going to go to hell for that, you don't even have the power to do that. You don't have the authority to do that. So it's just a bunch of hot air. Uh, Matthew 25, and again, Kyle, you brought this up. We don't always talk about it. Um, I didn't really have room on Sunday to talk about this level of the final judgment. But Matthew 25, um, Jesus is saying, when the Son of Man, who is him, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and he will sit on his glorious throne, and then he's going to do some judging of people. Something I said on Sunday, I was we were hanging out with some friends Sunday afternoon. They're like, I, I never really had heard it that way. Um, but it's this. When we think about, like, loving God, how do good people, like, go to hell? What about Sodom and Gomorrah? What about all these? Well, Jesus is always, and God has always provided an opportunity for his mercy and his love and his grace. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, people are not going to take advantage of that. They're going to say, I'm going to try to sit on the judge's seat and determine what's good and evil and how to have eternal life, and choose to not, they're going to reject God. They're going to reject Jesus and his free gift of salvation. So unfortunately, they're not going to be with him. And if you're not with God, then you're with those that are against God. And in verse 41, he says, some of those people are going to choose that. And so he's going to say, the people on the left, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. And the point I'd said is like, hell wasn't prepared for us as people. Like earth was. Earth was, is our place. God made this beautiful place and said, hang out here, be here, let's be together. We've jacked it up. And so for them, it was a newer thought to think, oh, hell's not, hell's not the destination for people, nor is it like the starting point 
because we're so bad as a people that we're trying to get out of hell, do as much, enough good works or enough right things to get yourself you know, up out of the bad place into the good place. Somehow we're like, that's our starting point, and hopefully we can make it out or you know, whatever your theology is on that. But it's not designed for us. God doesn't want, want us to be separate from him. Like He's so loving that he, he came. Yeah, and he took on human flesh so that he could be with us, and that that he became flesh so that he could do the sin offering that was required to pay for sin, and then he conquered death by rising again and made eternal life possible. So we have immortality that's wonderful, and so there's this loving, gracious, full of mercy God. Yeah, um, and we don't have the ability to eternally condemn people. Something else I want to point out for our listeners uh, too, especially with this subject, it, it's a messy subject. So if you're listening uh, right now and you've had a reaction to something we've said already, uh, don't see that. Uh, don't, don't worry about that being the case. Um, go ahead and ask the questions. Have the conversations. Uh, take it to the Lord. Search the scriptures. Wrestle with this topic just like we're doing in preparation for the series. And we recognize that even in our Sunday series or in this podcast, we're not going to be able to take all of this uh, all the complexities of this subject and tie them up in a nice, neat bow and, and deliver it as a, as a package to, to our listeners. Um, th- there are things that we're just not going to have answers to just yet. There are things that are going to still be something to wrestle through. There's stuff we do know, but then there are other things we don't know. And, and I, I just want to encourage the listeners not to, uh, not to feel compelled somehow to get all the worms back in the can, so to speak. There are going to be some worms that are just wiggling around on the table, and that's okay. Yeah, and some answers that we don't have and some questions that we, we still have and that, that Jesus and, and God and, and the biblical authors leave a little bit unopened, right? Because we don't, we don't know, again, a lot of this, the way that and the, we come to a place of faith in God, trusting that the God of justice and mercy and grace has a plan that's better than the answers we think should be there. Right. And again, coming to the end of the day, it's like, man, I don't know is an okay answer, but I, I know the God who knows, and that's enough for me <clears throat> that I trust that, and I trust that he knows, and he, what I do know and points to his character, and, and what is going to happen is enough for me to understand what that means for me and how I live my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, again, God is rich in mercy, and he delights in mercy in the, the old... Oxford Dictionary definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And I think about like our sins and things we've done that have caused harm and injustice to others. Like, you know, I love it that God is one who is merciful. So he has the power to punish or harm us, but yet he's so rich in mercy. He gives us so much mercy and more than we even realize and then forgiveness of our sins ultimately through Christ. And, you know, these people we were chatting with, and they had this, like, well, what a, you know, the hell thing's great, but they were just coming from a place. The hell thing's great. Not, <laughs> That's cool. Sorry, not, Hell's really awesome. No, that it's that hell wasn't built for us thing, that thing that we were just talking about. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> hell's great. Separation from God, not awesome. Um, that would be an interesting soundbite from the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> we just right? it in there, and I, had to, I couldn't let it go by. <laughs> yeah. Everything out of context, just like yeah. Matthew 7. If it's out of context, it's been used wrong, which is where they come from. They're like, hey, got a you know extended family member that is like just an up-and-down life of drugs. 
and destruction. A lot of outward action, right? Not judging the heart, but like, I just, we just want to help. How do we help? How do we go and like, hey, what, what are you doing here? Like the way you're living life and the road you're headed down is causing all sorts of pain and destruction and it's harmful. So are we not supposed to, we're not supposed to like love our family member and help them out. Like, but how do we get into that? Is there a heart attitude? Not so much. And we, that's kind of what we've been talking about. Not so much like, oh, is there justice and eternal damnation and fire? You know, it wasn't so much that. It's just they're just trying to love their their family member and coming from that place. And they were like, I know you said, like, wait and hang out. And this is a series. And there's a lot of context to all of this. But what do we what do we do? Um, so the next step is to judge ourselves. I'm. I'm going to be talking about yeah. that this Sunday. Yep. So, so back to Matthew 7, I know we, we hit this last week, but um, you know he says, stop judging others or you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log from your own eye, then perhaps... You will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And so yeah. Jesus is saying, let's help each other. Absolutely. But first stop is check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. Yeah. And Craig's going to talk a lot about that this week. But I have been thinking about that passage, and I've been looking so much more in the context. And one of the things that sticks out to me is if we look at what Jesus is talking about, who he's talking to, a lot of the theme about what he's saying about judgment is coming from these people who were judging and critical of people who weren't obeying the rules and therefore weren't right with God. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, if you want judgment to be based on rules and who obeys the rules and who breaks them, you're all screwed because you all broke them. Mm -hmm. If you want judgment to be based on my grace, then you need to understand that if you're judging everybody based on their rule system and you broke a rule so you're not good and you broke a rule and you're not good, that's the way you're going to be judged and you're all screwed. Right. But if you want it to understand the way I understand with grace and mercy, then that's the judgment system that you have to use. And so your choice, ball's in your court. If you're going to be a person that says, hey, Scott did that, and because Scott did that, he's a terrible person, then I could look at you and say, Kyle, you did that, and because you did that, you are a terrible person. But when Jesus looks at me, he says, you did that, but my blood covers those sins, and I've forgiven you, and that's the way that my system works. And, and to the, to your point, it's not just just you're a terrible person, but I could look at you and go, you're not right with God. Yep. God doesn't approve of you. Yep. God doesn't love you, and I'm judging, you know, your heart and your status with God. And I don't, I can't, I can't sit in that seat. Yeah. I can't look at people and go, you're right with God, and you're not right with God, and you. But yet, that happens all the time. For sure. Our point is, as as Jesus followers, we have done too much of the wrong type of judging doing that kind of thing, yep. internally saying evil in your heart, Kyle, evil, you're bad. You're, you're a, you didn't just lie, you're a liar yeah. down to your core. Uh, we've done a lot of that and not a lot of the right type, the healthy Jesus way to judge, which is like, one, start with myself. And then he says, perhaps, and then maybe. Hey, maybe you'd have the time um, and you would might be. You like, might have a healthier perspective. You might have a right heart and motivation to come mm -hmm. to help someone else. But if we're all trying to take care of our own stuff, man, we, as a culture, aren't we just trying to take care of everybody else's stuff and our own stuff is, like, just in shambles? Yeah. Like, it happens with my kids. I'm like, listen, 
you're a you're, you you never had to do this, Dad. But hey, <laughs> you're not the parent, and you're not even taking care of your own stuff. Like, just try to get your all of your stuff taken care of, and then if you have time and room, help your sister out or help your. Yeah. I remember, out. I'm sure you do. As you boys were growing up, you had a little expression for that. You called it three P. Yeah, the that third was just parent. that was just mostly for one person. Well, we won't Not mention you. any names. It was judge me. them. <laughs> it, oh yeah, it was the uh, the stickler rule we, kid. We've already got two the, parents. The we don't need a third one. A three parent. <laughs> yeah, but it's like even on little things, it's like, hey, did you feed the dog? Like time out. When you're it's your week to feed the dog, you we always reminding you, and you haven't done your thing. You, like you don't need to tell your sister to go feed the dog. Dude, I I hate it that I see this all over like social media. It's bad. I need to get off of it because it's it's nuts. But I literally saw someone post the other day. And they made a post about probably something political and like a meme or something. It's some the comments were going off, right? And someone like questioned them on like the accuracy of that. And they're like, hey, I I know some other information. And the person's comment literally under that was, hey, don't believe everything you read on the internet. So they were saying, your alternate point that you read on the internet that you think is factual, don't challenge my thing that I read on the internet. I was like, I was blown away, and I'm pretty sure the person who, who had posted the original thing was wrong. It was just f- completely not factual. And I'm like, why? Why are you? Why do you look to this person and say, hey, don't read, don't believe everything you believe on the internet? But look what I just posted that you should believe that I found on the internet. Exactly. Everything I, I believe away. is true is yeah. right when I find it on the I internet. Found, yeah. But the things I don't agree with are wrong on the internet. Because it supported Especially my if opinion. You find them. That's how the internet oh, works. I was people. like, oh. So let me judge you and how you're wrong, but don't judge me. So, um, we got time for uh, what you a got? monkey wrench. Oh, this whole podcast is a monkey <laughs> wrench. You're not going to remember all the, the wrenches, the monkeys, the worms. We're all, it's all out there. So Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5. Yeah. This is uh, a favorite bedtime story for kids. I know, right? <laughs> this is what you grew up with all the time? Okay, guys, okay. let's read a chapter of the Bible before we go to bed. We, we don't have stuff to together it. or else. Don't lie Here we go. to mom and dad. So it's it's the first uh, ten verses, eleven verses. First, yeah, eleven verses. Um, but they uh, sold some land, brought the money to the apostle to help feed the this growing number of disciples, and they made a claim that it was a hundred percent of the sales price of the land. But let, let's before we get there, let's. They were doing good. Like the community's taking care of the community. Oh, it was awesome. What Jesus was going on? Early, followers, early church doing amazing. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus stuff. followers going. Yeah. Hey, we've got a lot. Let's sell some. Let's give it to some people to help be responsible. And if people are in need, poor, mm-hmm. oppressed, like well, they'll help take care of some needs. So this is yeah. a good thing that's going it, on. Yeah, really good and there, there wasn't. It was again people who loved each other and came together. There wasn't like a rule system they set up that hey guys, when you sell your house, you have to give twenty five percent of the profit to the church, and if you don't, you're in bad standing. They just had generous people who understood. We want to do what we can for other people. Yep. Yeah. A, they didn't have to sell the lot at all. It was their choice one way or the other. And B, they didn't have to give any of the proceeds. If they did sell it, they give any percentage that they wanted or none at all. But they said they gave 100% of it, which was the issue as it plays out. And when... Um, what do you think that is? Like if you were to make a judgment on, again, we are stepping into like the land where maybe we shouldn't. So maybe this is a bad question. Well, but what I, do you think is going on in their heart level? Well, I think the issue is, this is my point in bringing it up, because as Peter's dealing with it, he's judging, because the Holy Spirit has led him and directed him and given him insight into this, um, he, he is actually not only judging their action, but he's judging their heart. Watch what he says. He says, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? 
You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How can you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So he's really, he's. Getting, How's that judging their heart? Satan has Why entered have you your let heart. Satan fill your heart? Well, he's the father of all lies. It's just a factual thing. He's the father of all lies. So you lied to us. So therefore, it comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. So you are being influenced and controlled by the spirit of Satan in this moment, not through the Holy Spirit. That's just a factual thing that he saw on the outward side. I don't think that's judging their heart at all. I know he's talking about their inside, but I don't think that's a heart judgment. I think that's really clear cut. Like, oh, that's yeah, you might the be spirit right. of God led us to deceive you guys. No, never. 100% of the time, anything that's a deception or a lie is from Satan. It's from the enemy. So You could be right on that score. However, yeah. it goes on. Verse 9. Okay. So Peter says, um, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? Now he's getting to their motives. Yeah, so here's where I want to be careful as we talk about this, and I think maybe maybe it is a bit of a monkey wrench because it's backing up. For our listeners, if you haven't read this story and not familiar with it, both of them drop dead in, there's, in the moment. There's like their instantaneous judgment that we really have a hard time. With. That's that's one of the main. If reasons it went I'm like up. 60 more years and then they like didn't fall, like then we would be like, oh okay, they had time to second. They, they literally dropped dead in Peter's presence, and people had to come carry their bodies out. And it was instantaneous, and it was for lying. Yeah. So, so here's here's if where we, I think now that's a real monkey wrench. But yeah, let's get back to that. If the, the if first we did one. that in the church today, our churches would be empty. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that was the yep yep. Yeah. yeah well, yep. we aren't doing anything. If God did that today, if I mean yeah. Uh huh. We that's gotta, a monkey. We wrench. gotta let that wrench yeah. be there. I'll well, let well, that. But Pete, let me back Peter up. Peter was doing it he was that's who God he was called using. him in in front and said hey what are you doing again yep. this is the point that i'm trying to make and understanding is because what peter did was hey lying is wrong and this is where we're going to get with the next few weeks which got your conversation like hey so am i not supposed to tell this person that drugs are bad am i not supposed to tell this person that lying is not good am i not supposed to tell my kids that i don't think you should be sleeping around because it's going to hurt the intimacy of your future marriage or your relationships like where, so i'm not supposed to judge so that's and we, we will get there because that's not what we believe that Jesus says to us and how that works. But the question I think that you bring up is, and we, because we've kind of been saying these things, it's not our place to judge your heart. It's not our place to judge your motives. It's a little bit of semantics and stickiness with what that means. Because again, what am I saying when I can't judge your heart? Am I saying like, hey, yeah, you're, you're choosing to live by the flesh or live by the spirit. You're choosing to let your, your actions be influenced by I mean, you can go as far as, as to say Satan and the enemy and the father of lies. You're feeding your flesh, you know, again, with whatever it is, drugs, alcohol, overeating, all this kind of stuff. Am I not supposed to look at somebody and go, hey, that's, that's just your flesh. You're just satisfying your flesh, and it's not satisfying your soul. It's not satisfying your spirit, and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. How far can I go in that with the fruit and going, hey, I can tell that you're not doing that, or I'm assuming, or I'm making a judgment to the Again, Peter's point, he's going almost as far as I think we're allowed to go. What part does that become? Oh, no, 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 don't cross this line to where now it's a heart, heart quote-unquote, judgment or character, quote-unquote, judgment. I think there's some, this is why I think this, this series is so great. There's some muddiness there with... It's a blurred line. With it's what you're at, because again, we say, oh, it's okay to judge the fruit, but the fruit is only there based off what, <laughs> what you were planting. So if your fruit is from the flesh... 
I'm assuming and making a judgment that you're not living by the Spirit. Now am I judging your heart? And, and Kyle, I, I think you make an excellent point, and I think it's, it needs to be understood that there is not just a, this sharp line, one size fits all, it's either this side or that side of the line. Every situation is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be, it's tricky. So, so it's a blurry sort of line. There, the fact is there is a threshold, though. There is a, there is a point when we've gone too far. And then there's a point where we can, we can go that far, but not any further. And figuring out where that point is in each situation, that's the challenge. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, I think one of the things that puts us well past that threshold and we are out of our, um, we're, we're way too far in our judgment, is when we, when we go to motives. So case in point, Ananias and Sapphira. So if Peter had said, um, hey, you did this, you lied, you said it was 100%, it wasn't, you kept some of the money, and the reason you did that is because you wanted to impress people or you wanted, he doesn't know what the reason is, unless God reveals it to him. He's not qualified to judge the reason but he is judging their actions, the fact that they lied and all of that. And that involves a certain amount of their heart condition, which we pointed out, but he doesn't say, and the reason you did it is, because he doesn't know the reason. He can speculate, and I just speculated. It might be because they yeah. want people to be you impressed with their You can use some generosity. context clues there and go, well, yeah. they might yeah. have been, yeah. Yeah, but, it, but the, my point is that's speculation as far as this narrative And it's not is really helpful. And, and it's it, we, not helpful. We, we take that next step in that, and I think that the second further more dangerous step is then that we want to condemn them is oh because you did this you're a terrible person you're evil you're not good because you have pride in your heart and you wanted to show off you are god doesn't love you you're condemned and you're going to hell you're probably not even christians and you're not right with god i mean then again obviously that stuff try to i'm trying to i'll try to bring us back a little bit like the the first step before you threw this monkey wrench in the first step (laughs) is to judge ourselves Mm. and um so the husband comes in, and then he lies and deceives and then dies, and then the wife doesn't know. So we kind of skipped over that part of the story. The wife doesn't know. She shows up three hours later, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, judge yourself. He gives her this opportunity, in, probably in front of people, right? Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Right here. Judge your own heart. Is there deception in your heart? Is there greed? Is there pride? Whatever's going on. Peter doesn't assume. He's just giving another opportunity. He says, before there's anything that God wants to do, like he wants you to have this opportunity for mercy. The one who has permission and is able to mm-hmm. you know, hold back harm, I hold back punishment. Point. And then she goes, she makes her own decision. goes, nope, 100% lying. I'm sticking with the nope. story. Yeah, here's the, here's they the had the already deception. collaborated, the husband and wife. Hey, here's the story, and we're sticking to we're it. We're conspiring together. Till death. So Literally. she has this 100% opportunity to dis, to just back off from all of the deception. That's a really to good To receive point. forgiveness, yep. compassion, and mercy from the God who created her, the God who loves her. And again, unfortunately, people choose to decide. They, they want to try to sit in the judge's seat and decide what's good and evil. And yep. so before we get all fired up about God, like, let's get fired up with and sad and heartbroken about this couple who just decided to try to con God and deceive a bunch of people. And it's, it's sad. It's the, it's the fruit of sin, which is horrible, which is death. And it just is no good. It's literal death for them, but it's death in relationships. When you lie to someone, you break relationship, you're killing, killing part of that relationship. And it, 
why does it take time to build trust? Because you're having to regrow something that was dead and dying. When you continue to lie and deceive, it's like, I can't trust you. We got to rebuild this. We got to grow this. It's, it's always the fruit of sin. And so she had plenty of opportunity. Before Certainly. we jump on God's case of like, ooh, how could you do this? How could you kill people? Like, um, you decided your own fate right here. Like, do you want to get out of jail free car or go to jail? I'm going to go to jail. So, to, so we've got to yeah, wrap of bringing this it, up I, I want to say one last statement and okay. bringing it back because I think, Scott, your point in the next step, and this is what we're going to be talking about, and if you are in the Spokane area, you should be here Sunday morning in 3001 North Pines at 10 a.m. Uh, as Craig talks about this. I think the thing that's so helpful with that in the because again I think the the most dangerous step in this is when we go to the point where because you've done this this is who you are you're a bad person and you're unlovable or you're terrible or you're ugly whatever it is the the thing that stops us from that is judging ourselves because then when we go wait a minute well when I lied I'm not a terrible person I don't I don't think I'm a terrible person and I'm judging myself I'm taking care of that I'm dealing with that and it's giving me a sober place to come from to go okay now I can come back to Craig and go you know what I don't think you're a terrible person because I've lied before. And it helps us bring context to, again, with Ananias and Sapphira. It brings context to, okay, help. This is helping me understand how I can help Craig or, or we can have mercy. We can have compassion with each other. When it comes to lying and stuff, when we start judging ourselves, sometimes our thought process is, well, I lied because I didn't want to hurt the person or I didn't, I wanted to spare their feelings or I was trying to avoid a certain outcome. So my motivations for lying were good. And we, we rationalize and justify, but we don't so give somebody like else. Like to manipulate the situation and the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. But we don't, but we don't, but to your point, Kyle, we don't take that approach with anybody else. With anybody else. Yep. No, you lied, you're bad. We judge others. We say this all, I say this all the time. We judge others based on their actions. We judge ourselves based on our intentions. So again, I think this whole process of stopping, slowing down, judging ourselves first, not only helps us deal with where we're at, but helps give us context to how we treat others and how we're holding them accountable. That was meant to be the last statement. So you can wrap it up, Scott. The music is going to start playing. The music is that underneath a mic right drop now. Right there? Well, I was trying to get there. We we're kept trying going to. Yeah. yeah, this is the conversation that keeps going. So that's yep, the worms are all over the table. Why we're doing this as a podcast. So hopefully it's been helpful for you. Um, again, it's we're going to raise a lot of questions, a lot of comments. Uh, we're, we're happy to talk with you too offline here and send us an email, talk to us. Um, but also just stay tuned, stay connected, jump in on these messages, uh, talk with the people in your world, the small group, your people you live with. Uh, shoot, the next stranger you see, just say, hey, what do you think about Jesus judging us? And can I judge you? Like, just start a conversation that way, see how it goes. Or not. It might be, who knows? It might be a Holy <laughs> Spirit-led thing. It might be a great way to start a conversation with a random person at the supermarket. So anyways, thanks for tuning in the podcast this week and uh, have a great one. We'll talk to you next week.